Zillman Fusion. Beginning in five, four, three, two, one. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's Geek Stuff, TNG. Who? The longest-running geek-related podcast out there, Geek Stuff, TNG. Allegedly. Allegedly. But uh, also, really. Who the hell are you? I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Um, I'm Spider-Man, then. I am the Senate. I am the Sandwich. I can handle things! I'm smart! Not like everybody says! They don't know what it's like running a sandwich shop. You know, it takes a village to run uh, the sandwich shop. Look at that. He's making me cry. I'm Groot. I am Batman. I am West Coast Scott. Great Scott! Oh, actually, he's the boss. I just pay for everything and design everything and make everyone look cooler. I am Big Kev. Who the hell knows why talent does what they do? That's why they're talent. Me and Scott. Yeah. yeah, the real talent on the show. Oh boy, as I like to say you're gonna need a bigger potion. I have a very long history with those characters. Scott will remember this, but Sandwich won't because he was four. I understood that reference. I am Optimus Prime. Why did you say that name? Punch it. I guess uh, Kev is uh, spending some time as a volunteer firefighter today, so we may not, uh, he may not be able to take a break from those activities yes. and join us. Yes. So, uh, my know. valiant friend Kev is out there saving lives. Uh, no, seriously, he just so everyone knows he is safe. It's not on his island, so Kev, Kevin is okay. He just happens to be busy, so he's not in danger. He's fine. He is the danger, Heisenberg. Um, <laughs> oh, Uncle, Uncle. Uh... What's the guy's name? No, what was the Salamanca? What was Hector what was the Salamanca? Hector. He that actor died uh, just this last yeah. week. Yeah, it's funny because like I saw him in something else, and he was just like, like he was like a nice guy. Like you know, again, the, no, so it actors. sounds silly. Yeah, I had so associated him with the role to the point where I was like, I saw him in a in a in a, a role not as like a disabled guy in a wheelchair. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like that he just was a role. He he's not like chair bound. And an angry little man. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I, I know that's their job, but it's like, there are, there, I think there are different kinds of actors. There are actors that basically play themselves in every movie, and then there are actors yes. that just 
completely lose themselves in the role, and you, and you can't. It's hard to believe they're the same person, right? Yes. So anyway, he passed away. Uh, Uncle Uncle Hector. Yes. Oh, it's Don Hector. That's what it is. It's Don Hector. Yes. So I, I guess there won't be a. Oh, you know what? That'll that'll make uh, that'll make the uh, the Gus Fring spinoff a little bit harder. Yeah, uh, no, because he's definitely part of it. Yeah, because you can't have can't have uh, Hector there anyway. Got to figure out a way to write him off. I don't know that they were going to do that though. I know uh, Vince Gilligan is already moving on to another project where he's using um, the woman that was in Better Call Saul. I can't think of the actress's name, but uh, I I would I I am horrible with those with actors with actors and actresses' names. Yeah, I wish I was better. I'm just not. But I mean, but anything Vince Gilligan works on, I gotta think is gonna be pretty good. You know, yeah. although uh, you know, I mean, so he hasn't he hasn't had a, a miss yet. But I mean, he, maybe you shouldn't hold somebody. To, you know, let people just make their art, and you know, it's not all gonna be perfect. But, uh, but there you go. Yeah. Well, let's do the let's do the uh, social medias and stuff before we jump in here. Be sure you're following the show on Facebook, Twitter, or is it X now? Uh, Instagram, Threads. I don't know. Um, Go to the website, geekstufftng.com. Uh, give us a call on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. And you might hear yourself on a future episode of Geek Stuff TNG. You can also support the show over on the Patreons. Just a dollar a month, get access to the Discord server. You can chat with members of the show. $3 a month gets you a, the early bird special. So access to the shows as soon as we're done recording them and a copy of the week's prep sheet. For $5 a month, it's the bonus round where you get uh, the... Vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Uh, we are in the 155s now. We had a little bit of a time jump for some lost episodes. And we're in the 150s at this point. Uh, but you can hear all the old episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff uh, at just $5 a month. And then at $10 a month, you get to watch the show live and direct on Instagram Live when Kev is not uh, fighting fires or busy. Yes. Right. One or the other, whatever he's doing. Exactly. One or the other. All right, so let's see. I think we should probably do this. Geek stuff. What's in the news? You want to do the box office news first, Barbie? Another fifty-three million dollars. There you go. Um, the Meg Two, which I heard horrible things about. Which I mean, I don't know who's going to the Meg for story, but I heard even for like act, dumb action, it doesn't even deliver. Did the first one? I mean, I didn't see them. I don't think I saw the Meg either. Like, deliver and, like, dumb yeah. action? Yeah. I think, like, people liked it enough, you know? I think... I don't know. I think shark movie... Are sharks out? <laughs> are, are we not cool with sharks anymore? I mean, I don't know. Shark... I, I thought I thought I saw an article that this year's Shark Week got the best ratings ever. So, like, Shark Week just keeps going on. So, I don't think that the general public... I, I, shark I think we like sharks... I think we're out on uh, shark villains. Um, so I mean, box office. The last one did five hundred million dollars. So I mean, it it's do it. The last one did fine, but this one I heard is like not a lot of sharks and a lot of like uh, like corporate bureaucracy espionage type things. <laughs> okay, and a little bit of shark, like a sprinkling of shark. I think that's the real issue with it, that, you know, not a shark in my shark movie. So it's a corporate espionage, corporate espionage movie with some sharks in it? I mean, technically, that's what Jurassic Park was, right? Yes. Corporate espionage, right? They're trying to steal the technology to clone dinosaurs. That's really what the movie was about. And all the other shit just happened to be happening while Newman was yeah. trying to steal the dinosaur embryos, right? Yes. But I would also say that that's the problem with episode one, is it's a movie about 
a trade embargo and the politics of that instead yeah. of an action movie, which was why the prequel trilogy is no good. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so the Meg, but, it's, but it still made thirty million. It made more than Oppenheimer uh, at twenty nine million, and it made more than uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Was that Mutant Mayhem? Yes, I heard really good things about that. Um, I could be wrong, but I heard good things. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it, is it, I mean, it's just a new retelling. It's not like related to anything else. It's just, just no, yeah, it's, it's all a things. new origin I just story. Have, I appreciate it because they're doing something that they haven't really done in a Ninja Turtles movie, at least in, in my personal opinion, which it focuses a lot on the fact that they're actually teenagers. Because mm. every time we've seen a Ninja Turtles movie, it's like a adult Ninja Turtles. Teenage is the first part. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. So they have the, the attitude that goes along with that. Yeah, they feel very much, at least from what I've seen, like, you know, young adult teenagers. Yeah, and like, doesn't one of them have braces? I think so, yeah. yeah. I remember somebody said, how do these teenage mutant Ninja Turtles have access to an orthodontist? But okay, we won't we won't worry <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, and then uh, rounding out the box office was Haunted Mansion at only $9 million. Oh, no. That the Haunted like, Mansion movie, no. I mean, again... Maybe it's because it's up against Barbie and Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer still taking a big chunk of the audience, um, but Maybe. that seems pretty darn low. Um, yeah, I mean, when when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was you know four times that that amount, so or three times that amount. Uh, let's see. So you know you know who Lakeith Stansfield is? Stanfield. I know that name. He was the actor in that movie. Sorry to bother you. I don't know if you saw Sorry to Bother You. Where he was okay. uh, the um... oh yeah yeah it's the guy he did the um the voice thing no he was like um a telemarketer yeah no it was it was a telemarketer yeah. but then they would yeah. put on the white voice to yes to, to to sell product right so that's the movie which is a fantastic movie by the way did you see it no never dude I know, I know the ending got weird yeah extremely weird but it pulls it off it is such a good movie because it, it's it's for most of the movie. It's just a satire, and then all of a sudden it goes so off the reservation. Like, you would just have no idea. There's no way you could predict what's going to happen, um, but it's great. Like, I remember, like, it's, I don't remember the last time I was in a movie theater seeing a, a movie, and when it was over, I'm just sitting there going, wow, that was great. And there was, like, hardly anybody in the theater when I saw it. I think I saw it with Movie Pass back, I mean, that's how long ago it was. Um, wow. And it was kind of it was in the middle of the day, right? I kind of it kind of saw like an early show, so it was during the week in the middle of the day. There wasn't a lot of people there, but I remember like it was over, and this guy that was sitting like a couple rows ahead of me, like like you know, as lights came on in the theater, he like looked at me. and He goes, "That was great, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it was," but it was just like you know, so like he thought it was good enough to just say to the next stranger over, "Wow, that was a really good movie." So I, I really do recommend it. It was very well done, very well done. Anyway, and and Lakeith uh, Stanfield was like a major part of it. And then he's also on Atlanta, right? So I just, I really like him as an actor. So he's in Haunted Mansion, uh, but he's also going to be on that uh, uh, Apple TV horror uh, movie. Like it's called The Changeling, I think, and that's he's yes. going to be starring in that. So, um, I mean, he's he's solid. So anything that everything I've seen him in, he's very good in it. There you go. Um, looks like a Barbie has broken a Dark Knight. Uh, record, Ooh. box office record. The Barbie Night Rises. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the the dark Barbie. That's the that's the sequel. Yeah. Wait, is, is it Barbie Returns? Barbie Begins. Or Bar- yeah, yeah, well, this was Barbie Begins, right? Barbie, Barbie so, Begins, so the sequel yeah. Would so be the next one. The Barb Knight Rises. The, the Barbie Knight. <laughs> if you know how to how to incorporate Barbie and the Dark Knight together into a name, call the GVM line 201-730-2547. If you win the contest, win a free entry into our other contest, how many boxes have I picked up for Kev? Yeah, so, so it just it just like looks like how much it's made in this amount of time is the it it beat the Dark Knight was the last one to do it in two thousand and eight. So she beat nice. that that record. Um, I mean, listen, Barbie is just selling. You know, it just people love Barbie and people are seeing Barbie more than once. Like, and it's not even like a knock on Oppenheimer. I think it's just because Oppenheimer is so intense. Like, no one wants to see that more than once. But Barbie's like fun. Well, yeah, you know, you're you're one hundred percent right about that, right? Barbie. Yeah. It, I think has more, at least quick rewatchability, right? You know, yeah. yeah, you may watch Oppenheimer in the theater and then watch it again later, but again, it's not a lighthearted movie, right? It, but whereas yeah. Barbie, yeah, I, I'm sure it's got lots of stuff going for it uh, in that in that regard. So, um, yeah, it, it hit a billion uh, globally. So I mean, it is just going. And I, I saw somebody talking about how they were surprised that Mattel at San Diego Comic Con didn't have any like film tie-in specific merchandise. Like there's, I guess they're just like, Oh, it's just the general brand just buy, you know, Barbie stuff. And maybe I'm sure Barbie sales are spiking, but like, I wonder why they didn't make a Barbie, Barbie movie, Barbie. Maybe they did, but they didn't have anything. Yeah. At Comic-Con about it. So. No, they, they should. I'm a, do they have a Barbie movie, Barbie doll? Yeah. I don't, I really don't know. You would, you would assume that they would have, the movie version of Barbie, the movie version of Ken, and if they don't have it right now, they'll they damn well better have it by Christmas, right? Um, yeah, I mean, like in the- so they have a Barbie movie. They do have Barbie movie dolls in theory. They do exist. Some reason I can find it on Boss Cubs. <laughs> For some reason, Boss Cubs have it, and they have Ken too. They don't look like them at all. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just hard to do doll. I don't know how it'd be hard to do a Margot Robbie and uh. Brian Gosling? Yes. Brian, Brian Gosling. Brian, did you say Brian Gosling? Ryan, I got stuck in the Gosling part. I mean, yeah, this if this is this does not look like Ryan Gosling at all, so Yeah, no. Both Barbies and Ken's kind of suck. They just they just look like a Barbie and a Ken, not a Yes. <laughs> I saw I saw a thing. It said, How come the seventies Ken doll? And so it was like it was a seventies Ken doll and a new Ken doll, and it yeah. said, How come the seventies Ken doll looks like new Ken doll's sugar daddy or whatever? Like it just it just kind of I'm like, yeah, kind of looks like that. It's funny, um, but yeah. So I guess they have them, but they, it, it, they don't. They don't look like the likeness yeah. is more like the toy. They didn't change the yeah. likeness to be like the yeah. actors. So <clears throat> let's see. All right. So we're speaking of Batman. It looks like for the Batman Part Two, um, mm-hmm. it looks like the Matt Reeves, the director, is going to bring back the same cinematographer, or at least he's teasing that he's going to. I mean, listen, I really liked the way that the first Batman movie just was. You know, the whole... I like the idea of Detective Batman. There's somebody really don't do a lot. And I like the idea of, like, the fact that he feels like a new Batman. I feel like other movies, I didn't really get to fully experience, like, I'm new to doing this Batman. It always felt like, even in the beginning of... And when, when it was, you know, Batman Begins, like, it still felt to me like he'd been doing it for too long. Like, he was too experienced. 
Right. Whereas this guy feels green. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and I, I also like the like that the police don't know how to deal with him. Like you know, like when he walks oh, yeah. into the crime scene, like and everybody's yeah. like, "What yeah. are you?" You know, what like, the fuck's this guy doing here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of interesting. So, I mean, again, I, it was I, I thought I thought the Batman was good. It yes. was was a good and and the, and like the I don't know the moral of it. Like him in the end saying, "Well, no, I need to hold myself to a higher standard. I need to represent hope, not fear." Right, yeah. like, like that's I, the, I feel like that was a good philosophy for it to have. Yes. So, uh, let's see, what else can we do here? You want to go to the want to go to the cancel corner? Sure. Star of the Mandalorian, Lizzo, is apparently in the in the cancel corner. Uh, yes. What what's going on there? So uh, Lizzo is currently being sued by three more dancers for sexual harassment. Facilitating a hostile work environment and other just claims, just generally. Um, some things include that she would body shame people. She would say, like, you're getting fat and some racial harassment, assault, false imprisonment, all wow. allegations. Because once again, we legitimately have no clue on the legitimacy of any of this. Also, these same, um, they, they also sued her, like, dance captain. I guess, I guess people have dance captains. Like the person that's in charge of the dancers. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of persecution, assault and all this horrible things. Um, so, you know, it might've canceled some festivals because, you know, Lizzo was a non-zero part of some festivals. Um, you know, people are seeing, you know, is this an actual thing or, you know, like, are these dancers just trying to sue Lizzo for all of her money and leave? Did Lizzo actually do any of this stuff? Because, not to be rude, not, Lizzo was a bigger woman. That's just fact. So if she or people on her team are body shaming people, this is the wrong place to do it, of all places. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know if Lizzo would care, but, I mean, that maybe that's just my personal belief that, like, I don't, some of this seems kind of bullshit to me. Some of this doesn't doesn't catch right with me. It just seems kind of out of nowhere to a degree. Um, because, you know, some of these things they're accusing her of are things that she gets made fun of all the time. So I don't know if it doesn't track to me, but I could be way off base. I don't know Lizzo personally. All I, I know her from The Mandalorian and some of the songs that she plays that go on the radio. So... Uh- wasn't she also in? No, that was Megan The Stallion. I was gonna say, wasn't she in She Hulk? But it was Megan The Stallion. It was Megan The Stallion. Yeah. No, yeah, that was. Yeah, I had to watch that show. All right. Well, I mean, you just, so also, uh, I guess in the in the cancel corner area there. So Jonathan Majors, his, his lawyer, had a statement that said, uh, "What that Jonathan Majors is the real victim of this shameful ordeal." Right there's the quote. Uh, he's had his life, career, and reputation torn apart. Yet he remains unwavering in his determination to be absolved of from this horror, harrowing ordeal. I don't. So. I mean, listen. I totally support innocent until proven guilty. Don't make the guy sound like a hero until he's <laughs> until he's innocent. He, he can't. He can't be this this fallen warrior until he's actually the hero. Yeah, I mean. So and so. I mean. Yeah, we'll see if if how much he's in Loki when Loki comes out. Uh, is Loki already yeah. available? I don't think it's available. That's not out till like October. I feel like. All right. I could. It's like October or September. October sixth, 
of this year. I was like, right. So we'll see by October, probably by the end of October, how we feel about um, Loki and Jonathan Majors. That'll be happening during Comic-Con. I bet there'll be a fuck you amount of Loki cosplayers at Comic-Con. <laughs> I mean, New York Comic-Con this October, folks. Geek stuff will be at booth. Beep. We will insert it later if we have time, if we happen to get it miraculously at some point soon. I know it's coming up um, fast. Uh, October yeah, will no. be here before you know it. I, I was driving somewhere and it, it popped in my head and I felt instant dread that I have to do that soon. Instant um, dread. Yeah. You know, I mean, excited. again, granted, you're working the convention. You know, yeah. so you have to cart, you have to schlep all the stuff in and out and stand at the booth for. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kev has the wonderful job of just being able to stand around and you know sit and relax. I have to stand up front and yell a lot. Well, he's the and talent. Not... He's the talent, right? Well, he's the... about to be the third chair. You know, <laughs> you're the carnival barker. Hey, step right up. See the amazing big Kev right Seriously. over here, right this no, way. It's, it's the worst best job ever. It talks. Um, it lives. Big Kev. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, please, I don't. I don't I'm going to start crying if I keep talking about fucking comic-con <laughs> uh all right let's do more more disney talks i mean you know, the it this one article just basically said that that their their recent flops have cost them over a billion dollars um yeah i mean nothing so is this just saying they're like last couple movies as, as flops or are they saying last like because an, i know animated movies have flopped well the, the last couple of just disney things i feel like have flops the list here is ant-man and the wasp the Little Mermaid, Indiana Jones, and Secret Invasion are all uh, a billion dollars, and they're not. They're considering those four things flops. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I didn't finish I Secret did. Invasion yet, did you? I didn't even start it. Did you start? <laughs> I feel bad, but like I just have no interest in this MCU right now. Yeah? I really don't. Like, I'll watch the movies, but like... Well, that's, I don't that's, know if I care about that's the, one of the like, big arguments, right? That there's too much TV, and yeah. I mean, it's the same reason that in the in the seventies and eighties, right? If you were a movie actor, you didn't do TV, right? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. There's a movie actor and there's a TV actor, yeah. and so when oh, you yeah. take all of your movie actors and bring them down into a television show, have I mean, by the old ways, you've lessened them. They're TV actors now. Yeah, and and maybe there's something to be said for that that it's not the same spectacle. You don't care about it as much if you could just watch it on your couch. I mean, also to. the thing is, it's just and I think we it's constant feeding of content. No, legitimately, it feels like no breaks. Yeah. I understand there's time between content, but it just feels constant. That's <laughs> like there's like oh, there's this TV show, then there's this TV show, then there's this TV show. Don't forget the movie. This TV show. This, that, it's like, I mean, if you did like three shows a year, three, three movies a year, and like a show or two, perfect. Instead, we have like legitimately, it feels like five shows a year, three movies. Sometimes movies and shows get bumped around, so we might add or lose one. Like, it's just it's a lot. I mean, and I think that's, I mean, that's, that's the, that's capitalism, right? You got to keep cranking out the content because you don't want to lose anybody. So you always have to do, you have to do more than what you did before. More yeah. and more and more and more. So I don't know. Um, I, you know, but I would agree with you, but I would also say with the strike, 
There may, you might have some time to catch up because there's not going to be any new. Co- I mean, you know, there are, we're a hundred days into this strike, and which I'm amazed we got this far. And w- whenever it's resolved, it's not like oh, okay, content's ready. You know, now you got to start, and you know, so I mean, you're talking. And the the crazy thing is, you know, speaking of because we're talking about Marvel and Disney stuff, when Iger is like, we're going to starve them out of house and home, you know, and we're gonna. That's how we're going to end this strike right. or whatever. He Iger's said. not the one that said that. I don't think that's. All, I don't think you can blame that on Bob Iger. He he said that he. I mean, he made some comments that weren't great, but I don't think he's the one that said we're going to wait him out. I think that the studios in general want to wait him out, uh, but I don't think. I mean, like I think Bob Iger has has also kind of walked back some of his statements. Yeah, because like yeah. he said something to the effect of, "Well, I think that they're being unreasonable" or something like that, and it's like, "Yeah," says you who makes you know thirty forty million dollars a year. You know that that just doesn't mean a lot coming from, you know, a studio head. Um, let's let's see. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about Bob Iger for a second. So, what does that article say? This uh, he's committed to de- uh, hitting a deal, right? He, he's personally committed to hitting a deal as it hits hundred days. But I mean, I think people want to hit deals, but I think you know. We know them because, and I'm not saying they're in theory wrong because if they're on a side, they're on their side. You know, they want certain things and the writers want certain things. You could only do so much. I, I do think something will give. It sucks to say I think the writers will end up giving first if, if I had to p- put money on it just because, just because, you know, Disney Disney money is more than writer money. You know what I mean? Just. Well, just the numbers of it. You know what the sad thing is? And it's Disney is one of the few that didn't say this, but most of the other studios are like, oh, yeah, we're saving money. We're yeah. saving money. Like, it, we're not paying anybody anything. So in the short term, we're it's we're making more money by not having any staff to pay, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking of striking, did you hear about the guy who crossed the picket line? The actor who, who uh, crossed the picket line? Not Steve Amell. It was Steve Amell. Okay, yeah, I mean, I heard, I heard, yeah. like he didn't, he didn't actually work, right? He just talked shit, right? He was supporting, he was supporting his show or something like that that's coming out. He put out, he's put out some some posts on the internet supporting it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like everyone yelled at him apparently, secretly or publicly. Yeah, I mean, I, and I get it. It sucks, right? Because if your show doesn't do well. And so, therefore, gets canceled. Oh, how many shows got canceled last time there was a writer strike? A lot, right? So, I mean, oh, yeah. so even if the even if people get, you know, even if the unions get what they want, it's still going to have some of the shows are going to be, you know, casualties of that. They get canceled, and so the people still lose their jobs, right? Yeah. So, I mean, but that's but that's the whole point of a union is the solidarity. You can't you can't do that. Um. But yeah, so so let's look at Disney here for a second, right? So they've they've lost five hundred and twelve million in streaming, and yep. so they're going to be cost, they're going to be doing more cost cutting on the streaming. They're going to raise the prices on the streaming significantly. I think it was like twenty seven percent that uh, that Disney Plus and Hulu are going up. Uh, I mean, it's this it's so here is the thing, right? Do you remember when? Uh, Airbnb used to be cheaper than a hotel. Right? Yeah. And now now Airbnb is more expensive than a hotel, right? Yeah. But no, but Airbnb didn't put hotels out of business, right? But do you remember when uh Uber used to be cheaper than a cab? Right? Now, now Uber's more expensive than a cab. Right. And not that they put cabs out of business, but in most places there aren't 
cab, not like New York City is different, but like most places, there aren't just cabs hand- oh, yeah. readily available. It's all rideshare. It's all Uber. It's all gig economy. But now it's more expensive. The whole point with, let's talk about business for a minute. When you create a business that disrupts the business, you make it artificially cheap to put everybody else out of business, and then you can charge whatever you want because you destroyed the competition. That's streaming. That's where we're at today in streaming, right? Yes. They destroyed cable. Nobody wants cable anymore. But now, to try to watch the stuff that you want, streaming is too expensive. Yeah. And now, and what's the new thing that everybody's saying? Cut the string by the subscription. Well, you know what I'm seeing? Hmm. Well, you know, the only reason that we all started using streaming is that it was cheap enough and slightly more convenient than pirating. Now that mm-hmm. it's not cheap anymore, it ain't that difficult to pirate. So, okay, guys, your move, companies. You want to keep raising those prices for streaming? We'll see what happens. Like the, that's the, that's the only reason I could ever see myself getting cable would just be literally for sports. I mean, that's the only people that have cable now. I mean, you know, yeah. bo- boomers who are watching, you know, NCIS reruns on uh, on USA, yeah, and then people that want to watch sports. Like that's all that's left with cable. Yeah, because yeah. like TV shows on reality, like reality TV shows right now. Like, no one really cares. No one genuinely cares about them. The only reason people are watching them is there's a sports watcher in the house who is paying for the cable. That's the only... <laughs> and, and, and that's why... The other person in the house people, watches reality yeah. shows? Yeah. I, yes. I, I can I can see that. I can see that. So, I mean, yeah, but it, I, I kind of agree. Because there's two things. When streaming came out, right? Mm-hmm. Also, it was supposed to be everything you would ever want to watch is there. So you're yeah. paying one monthly fee. Again, when it was Netflix, like you know, everything was there. You pay Netflix, and pretty much most stuff that you want that wasn't too obscure was available. But now, oh, also we're going to delete the stuff from existence because it's a tax write-off for us, right? So you'll never be able to see it. But it's like, oh, but the whole point that I'm buying this was so I could, I could watch reruns of some old show that was a little obscure. Yeah. So... I didn't buy the DVD when I had the chance because I thought, oh, I'll just watch it on streaming. And now you're saying I can't watch it on streaming and there's no DVDs to watch? Case, yeah. in, po- case in point, Dogma, right? You know the Dogma story, right? No. So Kevin Smith movie Dogma. Yes. Technically still owned by Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein Company. Oh. And uh, so it's not available on any streaming platform. Mm. And uh, Dogma... Uh, Weinstein wants Kevin Smith to pay some too much of an amount to get the rights for it, which Kevin Smith doesn't want to do. So if you have a Dogma DVD, you can sell it online for a significant amount because there is no way to watch, no legal way to watch Dogma. It's nowhere. It's on no streaming platform and it can't be because the rights are tied up with the Weinstein company. So just, I mean, so it's the same thing. It's like, goes back to, well, you should have bought the hard copy when you had a chance or obtained it through some ubiquitous clandestine method right <laughs> yeah so i mean and that's I, I i so i feel like i feel like there's going to be a little bit of a return to the old ways uh with uh with some of this um that's out well, there well life's like that man you know it's it, it, it's it's i want to say the word cyclical where yeah. you know she comes back around yeah. you might have a different a different uh you know coat paint on it but you know the the idea is the same yep first it was napster then it was limewire and then it was yeah. i don't know a uh, pirate bay or whatever it is 
Uh, what else will be the next one? Oh, also, not only do they want to raise the prices over at Disney Plus, they want to crack down on uh, password sharing, just like Netflix. Cool. Once again, I log into my mom's Netflix all the time. I don't live in Philadelphia, so I don't know. Maybe I keep missing this password sharing thing. Maybe I will lose it, but I'm going to log in live right now. Log into my mother's Netflix account where I am part of it, and she lives in Philadelphia. I logged in fine. I can start up the shows. Wonderful. So I don't know. Maybe I am just some weird enigma of I'm somehow still good, but I definitely don't live in Philadelphia, so I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I, I I guess I don't know what they're unless, doing. To, unless maybe it's just because I'm not locking in as my mom. Because <laughs> I'm locking in as me, maybe. I don't know if that's yeah, a thing. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So what else do we got on Disney? Also, the, the VF, Marvel VFX artists want to also unionize as well, which they probably really should do because they don't get treated I'm well. I am shocked that there's not a union for legitimately everyone besides the guys who get coffee in, in Hollywood at this point. Yeah. I listen, and maybe the Jersey and me, who I'm a very, I'm a very big supporter of unions. Uh, I wish I was in a union. Um, Sandwiches union talks. Um, you, it really is something. I understand people will say there's negatives to it. There's positive negatives. To literally everything. There are more positives to me in a union than in a non-union. So, I think it is worth it for anyone if they can unionize. Good for them. I will say up front, at this day and age, with the current things going on. It'll be borderline impossible to get an actual union off the ground. But what do I know? I mean, yeah, sandwich. I would say it, it's the the politics and the money is against it. But that's the yeah. whole point, right? If you it, all it takes is looking at a couple of graphs, and you know, at the height of unions, right, wages were livable, and then right. all of a sudden. Uh, unions start to get less powerful and wages stay stagnant, but corporate profits keep going up and up and up. And uh, yeah. it's very, just look at a couple of graphs. Profits go up, wages stay stagnant. And so here yep. we are in 2023, people are making, uh, I've seen so many things lately, and that's going to be uh, economics stuff, TNG. Um, indexed for inflation, the average salary today is less than the average salary during the Great Depression, which means people are worse off today adjusted for inflation than during the Great Depression, mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise me. But again, I may be wrong. If you have an economics degree and you'd like to leave a message on the GVM line. Oh, don't do not do that. You're too smart. Don't call us. <laughs> Anyways, if you were to call us, though, 201-730-2547. Or because you're smart, you might use an email. NebbyGeeksFTNG at gmail.com because smart people use emails. That's right. Send send us a memo. Send us a a, a white paper on uh, the Great Depression. There you go. All right. So Warner Brothers Discovery, right? So when they changed HBO Max to Max, they lost subscribers. Makes Um, sense. But they've saved over $100 million because of the strike. Just because they're not having to pay people. Yeah. No, it was great. It's like, oh no, we're gonna lose money with this with this rename. Oh, thank God there was a strike. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, when next year when they don't have a movie to put out, they're gonna lose money, right? But in the yeah. moment, this quarter, we're saving yeah. money, right? You know, because we didn't have to pay any salaries. So, uh, let's see. I mean, yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery is just they're just having all kinds of issues restructuring and all of that. Uh, Gal Gadot wants to. Uh, Wants to develop a Wonder Woman three with James Gunn. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they'll. It. it I feel like I'm saying like I don't know if they'll take her, but just, I don't know if they want to go that path or just kind of restart Wonder Woman as a character because I think, you know, if if we're aging back people, and this is not even a disrespect to Gal Gadot, she's a lovely woman, she's a beautiful woman, she's a great actress, but you know, I think we're trying to age him back a little bit, and she's forty something at this point. Yeah. So you know, if she was twenty five. Yeah, sure. But she would have been 18 when she started, which could work, but it would have been a different movie. <laughs> Chris Pine would not have been the love interest. Right. But, I mean, hey, I, I, I would love for it to work. Will it work? Probably not. Yeah, Intense I mean, reading Scott. What is this? Yeah, I'm just trying to see what the what the article says. I wonder if they'll just do... Separate from the, you know, separate from the new continuity, she, right? She, Just... She's not in the current, um, the the menu for DC going forward, as far as I remember. Any kind, any Wonder Woman, not a Gal Gadot, but any kind right. of Wonder Woman, I think, is not currently on the menu. Um, but I think most other people are. Like, I, I don't think, it's a shame that they're going to cut the things that I think were successful with DC. But at this point, I mean, you know... The animal that is the DCU is diseased and sickly enough that trying to make uh, Wonder Woman 3 will not better anything. And if we're already talking about moving forward with Gunniverse or whatever they want to call it, making Wonder Woman 3 doesn't do anything. Yeah. She could be involved in Wonder Woman. Maybe she plays the mom for the next one, younger Wonder Woman or whatever. You right. know what I mean? Right. She can play. And then, and then, yeah. and then Grandma can be. Um, What's her name? The original Wonder Woman. Linda Carter. Yes. Sorry. It's funny. Did Have you seen um, Super Troopers? A long time ago. So, so Linda Carter plays like the mayor of that town mm-hmm. in Super Troopers? Yes. So it was funny. Something came up in my house about Linda Carter. And I said, oh, yeah, the original Wonder Woman. And then and Brittany goes... No, no, that's the mayor from Super Troopers. But it's just you know, there's the there's yeah. the age gap, there's the generational thing. That's like, oh, you don't know her as Wonder Woman, you know her from Super Troopers. That's a big difference. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like I said, if we if we could separate out from the connected that all movies have to be part of a connected franchise and just yes. make Wonder Woman movies. Yes, but we've all got it. I I like I don't know what's what's better or worse, right? Like, why can't we just have, have a Wonder Woman movie that's a standalone? Why can't, you know, like... Uh, like the Batman story. Yeah, or like, uh, even over on the MCU side, like uh, uh, Moon Knight, right? Wasn't connected at all. Like, there was no, not, not even an Easter egg. It just, it was its own thing. And it was fine. Like, yeah. why not? You know what, though? For some reason, I felt like Moon Knight felt connected still. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just, I, I guess we're putting these restrictions that's hurting everything, right? It all has yeah. to be one big interconnected universe. Well, that's hard to do. That's, oh, yeah. I think that's why, uh, that's why Phase 4 th- and Marvel's struggling yeah. too, right? Yeah, no. I see what you're saying, definitely. I, I do think, I don't hate the idea of Wonder Woman 3, but I just feel like it feels weird because 1 and 2 are so in that universe that third being a disconnected thing would just feel kind of different. I mean, so that's really the question. Do you kind of keep that universe going? It it is what it is. Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot Wonder Woman is still in that universe. And if they make more movies, same same thing with Aquaman 2, which hasn't come out yet, right? 
Who's I don't gonna, know if that's ever mean, coming out at this point. Well, I mean, and that's just it. What if Aquaman 2 is good? But yeah. it's it's in this dead universe now. First of all, I mean, I know, regardless of how good or bad Aquaman 2 is, its box office will be hurt because nobody wants to see it because it's part of a dead universe. You know what I mean? It's like if you're watching a show and you know that it's canceled, there's no season three, you're not going to bother finishing season two, right? So right now it has a Christmas this year release. Yeah. Am I the only one who just feels like that's a really bad idea for Aquaman to be a Christmas release? Isn't that where they dump kind of crappy movies? Right. Am I wrong there in saying, yeah, that's where they dump crappy movies? I feel like Christmas is for crappy movies or Oscar contenders, right? Like that's what, like that's what you, that's what you unload at the end of the year. I kind of feel like that. I don't know. Speaking, speaking of crappy movies, Zachary Levi, uh, is disappointed with, uh, Shazam two, but he says, but Hey, the audience liked it. So, I mean, I don't know. Is that good enough? Audience kind of like, so, it. Critics so, so I will, I will say, um, mm-hmm. top movies released in December. There are some heavy hitters. We got Force Awakens, Spider-Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. both Avatars, Titanic. All right, so maybe that's not – I know that there's some time of year that's considered – They release like every Star Wars movie it looks like in December. Maybe it's January. Maybe it's after the end of the year. Is, is January. I don't know why, but like, some, like Christmas felt wrong to me for some reason. That's funny. Of all the movies that I've – I've seen one of these movies in theaters when it was – I've seen two. No, actually, you know what? I'm completely way off base. All I know is I definitely remember – the one I remember the most is seeing Night at the Museum uh, in theaters. That was a December release. That did well. <laughs> so, yeah. It says traditionally early January is the worst time to release theaters. So, yeah. so that's, the, that's the, the dumping ground, right? Okay, we got a bunch of crap on the books. Let's just get it out there. That's yeah. January, not December. So, Because, yeah, lots of things are Christmas Day release. And so, all right. There you go. Uh, let's see. Speaking of bad movies, this article says Warner Brothers is too embarrassed to release The Flash on streaming. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the Flash movie you can't be embarrassed because you release it in theaters. If you were embarrassed enough about Batgirl to not release it and wanted the pay cut, you made the movie. You gotta put it out there. They'll put it out there. I think it's just like um. Like, you know, they might be dragging their feet a little bit with it, but th- they're going to do it eventually, you know, and then every- everyone will get to see it, really, because I don't know. I don't know anyone who actually went to see it in theaters. I don't know any real people who went to see it in theaters personally. Um, So we'll see what goes from uh, the flash on streaming. I guess that would have to hit max. When it hits streaming service, cause I guess that's that's where they live, right? Yeah, max. it should. It should. It should live on max. But I mean, it's had the longest, uh, like delay, of any recent movie from when it was released in theaters to when it goes to yeah. streaming. So, um, let's see. We'll just continue down that road. Uh, Dwayne Johnson said that uh, the Black Adam two sequel got canned in a vortex of new leadership. Yes and no. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about that? Yes, but I it think. What Sorry, I just had to get the rock I, in there. I know it's 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 good. It's nice that you have that, Kenobi. Um, you know, love that. <laughs> um, but seriously, I do think that there was a good portion of it that I don't. If you know, the Gunniverse didn't get pushed through, and they were continuing the DCU down the path it was on. 
I do see a Black Adam sequel in the future. Um, because fucking Shazam got a sequel, and I liked Black Adam more than I liked Shazam personally. Um, and then also part of me is like, I don't know if it needed a sequel because if you don't have Henry Cavill, and you know, it's dependent on a future universe at this point. It it sucks because anytime you include a movie in a universe and you make a movie outside of the universe when it's dead already, it feels like a waste of a movie to me. And maybe that's just me being so into the movie like thought process. Yeah. But it's it's the Wonder Woman thing where it's like you might have gotten a sequel if we were still trying to, you know, get this animal across the finish line. You know, if we didn't break its leg at the starting gate and hobble our way around the back half of the racetrack, you know, maybe we could have made it all the way around and yeah. everyone could have gotten what they wanted. But well, I, I also I mean, if if it were if it were me, I think that Black Adam should have been the bad guy in Shazam 2. Right yeah. now, you're you know because again, Shazam in the universe, but not really. Other than the the um, the, the cameo, other than the cameo, but even in the first Shazam, there wasn't a cameo. I mean, it wasn't really. You didn't see. You know, you just saw the suit, yeah. right? You didn't even see yeah. Henry Cavill. And then in Fury of the Gods, yeah, Gal Gadot's there for a bit. Um, but if it would have been, if the story would have been about Black Adam, then that that's that. My and they been. literally could have done this Black Adam. They could have done this whole make us feel bad for him thing. Mm-hmm. It could have been like, you know, maybe maybe it's, you know, it's kind of the King Kong versus Godzilla thing where yeah. it's like we fight for a little bit, then a greater evil arises, and then we fight together. It could have been that. Yeah, and, um, I mean, and then you can yeah. then you can maybe make a sequel or, or a Black Adam standalone movie or or yes. a, or an origin story or whatever. Yeah. But I think I think all of that's too late. And so you know, Shazam already disconnected from the DCU. Not you know, not not completely in the universe, and skews much more towards kids. And then the second one, even more, you know, like childish. Yeah. And then then you gotta have Black Adam that's trying to be a little more serious and lots of violence and death. And they're and they're supposed to be related. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's 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 a problem. I think it's gonna be. I mean, it's too. I just don't think. I don't think anybody will care enough for a Black Adam movie, but I think also part of the the loss there was uh, the Rock being a little unwilling to be a, a villain. You know, had to make it an yeah. antihero, right? Yeah. I mean, go back to go back to uh, the Terminator. Uh, I, I think somebody else that turned that down because they didn't want to play a villain, and then Schwarzenegger took it, and you know, he was the bad guy. But I mean, that made Plus his career, bad right? Guy I mean, yeah. So. Um, I will say this, George, uh, The Rock got uh, other people, including George Clooney and Meryl Streep, to donate like millions of dollars to uh, the SAG-AFTRA Foundation, so helping raise money for the strike, so that's nice. Um, but uh, let's see, I think uh, Dwayne Johnson is no longer the highest paid entertainer. What What is it? Who, yeah. who beat him? I don't know who beat him out. He was like on top, on top of the world for a little bit, and he, he got... Bumped out. Who bumped him out? Let's see. Hmm. I don't know. You know? Did you know him and John Cena have a uh, like have a little bit of a beef going? I believe it. I think most of those wrestler guys, you know, with all the steroids and the working out they do, you know, and just the big personalities of it, the beefs arise. There's there have been so many wrestling documentaries about you know this guy being an actual asshole 
and you know these guys having actual beef you know so it is never shocking to me whenever it's like oh did you know this wrestler actually doesn't like this other wrestler totally believable even if it's fake i'd believe it some of these fake there's sometimes they're fake ones and it's like yep you know that makes sense if you told me you know because some of these people you know there there's an amount of the story where they're like fighting against each other fighting against mm-hmm. each other you know um where I think, you know, you got to kind of get mad at the guy a little bit. And then, you know, over the course of the story, because that's just how uh, wrestling entertainment is. It's like, well, yeah, you suck. And it's like, you know, maybe that might have actually pissed him off one day. <laughs> you know, when he's like, you suck. No, you suck. You know, yeah. I don't know what I say. What do I know a lot? I know some things, you know, sandwich. You do know some things. Stop saying, what do you know? You know, a couple things. Sorry, I, I had to self prep. I had to self hype myself up there. Hype yourself up. There you go. So, yeah, so he fell off the top five uh, highest paid. He hasn't really had any movies in a minute, I feel like. I mean, well, he had Fury Fury of the Gods was his last one, right? So, yeah. And then he wasn't in Fast X because. You know that they're. Him and Vin Diesel haven't become friends again yet. Yeah. yeah. Forever will again. Who knows? I don't think. I mean, yeah, I think that's. I think that coffin is nailed shut i don't think i don't think they're ever coming back uh let's see okay so last thing uh well before we go to break uh let's talk animation for a minute right there's like an adult animation renaissance over at warner brothers on adult swim mm-hmm. uh, and i bet that that's something that like i don't know like maybe that stuff is still in production right if it's written then they're not paying actors until they'll do the voice acting later right they can get it animated I don't know. I don't know how animation works comparatively, but uh, so remember we talked about this guy, uh, Gindy Tartakovsky. That I'm yes, saying that right? That's the guy who does Samurai Jack and Primal. Yeah. So Primal uh, cur- season three is currently in production. I didn't even know they did a season two. I'm so that all of his stuff is just excellent. He does really, really cool. I hate to say cartoon. It it really is a cartoon, but it's literally. And maybe I'm being very hyped. It's like a little art experience. Samurai Jack, if no one's seen, if you haven't seen Samurai Jack, watch Samurai Jack. The last season isn't as good. They made it way after, so you might notice it because like the budget's a little better. Um, but like Samurai Jack and Primal are really, really good shows, good stories. I mean, they're it's phenomenal. It really is great stuff. And if you haven't seen it, get into it. He makes good content. So if he's making a season three of a show. It's good enough to you know be worth a season three, and you know he's doing it because he thinks it's worth it, and he's gonna give a shit about it. Right. And then he's got the um, the animated feature. It's called Fixed. Have you seen that? You know what that's about? That's about I think, like a dog that's gonna get like his yeah. get his ball snipped. Get the little snip. Yeah. So that's what Catherine right. Hahn, Adam Devine, and Idris Elba are like the lead voice casts in that one. So I feel like that huh. looks like, again. It's R rated. Yes. You know, so animated but R rated. Um, yes. Have you seen that other one? That's the, the the new Talking Dog movie. I think with Will Ferrell. And, I know of it. And I saw commercials and trailers for it a while and, ago. And it's again, it's rated R. It like it, it legit looks like a kids movie, but it's. I think like the dogs get high and like they get high, they drink, they cuss. It's yeah, it is drink, not yeah, a kids a movie. Thing. But I'm like, I, I don't, I don't is that, I guess the crowd for that is immature. Yes, adults, right? People who are over it's eighteen. The sausage party crowd. Is that you remember the movie Sausage Party? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that movie in theaters. 
Um, I regretted spending my money and the people I were with were high. I wish I was high because I might have been because they giggled a storm during the entire film. That's that's the audience, right? The 420 yeah. audience for, for a movie yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. High, high school. <laughs> well, you're going to sneak you're going to sneak into the movie. Yeah. In your small town in Ohio. You know, you're going to buy a ticket for Barbie. Mm-hmm. You're going to walk into Sausage Party. You might stick it to Oppenheimer. You know, yeah. spend a whole day in the theater, have a good time. I, I did see Sausage Party. It was very weird, and it but it was much dirtier than I was expecting. And they set up like a movie. sequel where they're going to come to the real world and like yeah. get us, and then nothing ever happened from it. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was a weird one. Yeah. All right. Do we have a title for this episode? Um, no, right. not yet. We'll figure out. We'll figure know. out a title in the second talking? half. What are some things we we hit on? Yeah. The Barb Knight? No, not the Barb Knight. That's bad. We t- ripped on Disney a lot. We'll find something. Yeah. That's a, we're a second half title episode. I feel like. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we will take episode seven thirty one to our first and only break by saying after this, after these messages, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm, comments. Oh, <clears throat> that's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm, on your mind, what we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. 
What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hey, this is Big Kev, and you're listening to the West Coast. What the fuck is this I'm reading? The West Coast Scotwitch? What the fuck is that? Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop in Pi Day Studios in sunny Southern California, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get one 18 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Here you go. <laughs> That's a good way to start the commercial with the crunch of a lovely parm crisp. That's right. No geek stuff TNG would be complete without parm crisp snack mix. Parm crisps are full of all the nutrients you need and the wonderful flavors you have come to love and know, like parm. Crisp. Yeah, also crisp. Almonds, cashews, pistachios, three grams of net carbs per serving. 
net carbs kept. Does that mean that it has some carbs that cancel out because it doesn't have sugar? Yeah, it has diet, it has fiber in it and no added sugar. So you take the fiber, you remove the fiber from the carbohydrates, the dietary fiber. And who makes Parm Crisps? Are they their own company? I believe so. Wow, an independent company too. Looking at their website, parmcrisps.com, it says our original blend of Parm Crisps, you can get an everything tub, an original pouch, you can get the ranch snack mix pouch or sour cream and onion pouch. What's your favorite, I'm, Kev? I haven't seen sour cream and onion. What was that? I like, I like the original. I like the original, but the ranch one is fine too. I'd like to try sour cream and onion. It's probably very good. Yeah, you could get the variety pack. Oh, looking at all of the ingredients. Oh, uh, you see, sir, I, I get them at the Costco in the large size because I eat so many delicious parm crisps. Oh, looking at the website, let's see what's in the variety pack. You got cheddar, original, jalapeno, everything, four cheese, and sour cream. They all sound delicious. They are, but I don't think they're doing the big, what is this, 20 ounce. I don't think they're doing, are they doing 20 ounces of all those flavors? I don't know. For more information on Parm Crisps, go to parmcrisps.com and find them at your better retailers today. When you buy them, mention Geek Stuff TNG for absolutely no discount. Mention them at checkout and look like a weirdo. (laughs) Reach out to them at parmcrisps.com and tell them you heard about Parm Crisps from Geek Stuff TNG. All right, and we're back. What do you want to talk about? You want to do you want to do video game news? Video game news. Yeah. I love it. Video game news. Tell me about Baldur's Gate. What's Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate 3? 3. So the Baldur's Gate video game series goes back a while. I think the first game literally came out maybe it was like 2000, like early 2000s or like late 90s. It's it's obviously, you know, Baldur's an obvious thing with Baldur's Gate. It is a D&D kind of RPG video game. You know, it's at least in the newest one. I I have no gameplay experience with the other two. You know, hey, I want to persuade this goblin to do something. And you will legitimately in-game roll a persuasion check. And based on your stats, like, it's a whole... It's a D&D video game. It really is a D&D video game. And it's... so Now... And I always mm-hmm. kind of thought of World of Warcraft as a and d video game, so but this is more more on the RPG side, like are more is, D&D, attrib- or D&D tasks, actions. This is very much a D&D video game, okay. Baldur's Gate. Very, very much D&D video game. Um, you know, like you... I don't, I don't, now, from what I know gameplay-wise, it's not super turn-based, but like everything is dice rolls and, you know building a character and stuff like that. It's very, from what I've seen, D&D inspired, for sure. Um, the Bulls Gates here, like I said, so the first game came out in 98. Newest game came out this month, a couple weeks ago. Um, a week ago, even. People absolutely have gone nuts for this game. So, okay, so I, I'm also going to make a correction. So this game was actually built on the 5th edition rule set. Okay. It's based on 5e D&D. 
way harder than the other ones. So I might have been way off base. I was under the impression that's how all the games were. This game is definitely 5e based. You roll numbers. You'll get a nat one or you'll get a crit and things will happen because of it. Um, There's uh, single player versions and then there's co-op versions. And, you know, you can have a lot of fun. From this article I'm seeing here, there was a large amount of players playing this game when it came out. Um, also, fun fact, um, this game had internet uh, meme-worthy uh, popularity because, drumroll please, you could select uh, different penis sizes. So you had penis A, B, C, or D. So that was a joke for a while, for like a couple days of like, which penis did you pick? Which one did you go with? You know, that was a dumb joke for a while. But there's a lot of, like, customization and stuff you can do with um, Baldur's Gate 3. So it looks fun, and people are absolutely into it right now. I want to get into it, maybe, but I know if I get into a D&D video game, in addition to the other D&D I play in real life, um, my life will just be rolling dice, and I don't want that. I want to have, like, a normal semblance of a life, you know? So, not getting into a D&D video game. If I want a D&D video game, like I've always said, you can do Skyrim. But this is way more D&D than Skyrim is now because you actually roll dice. I mean, okay. So, I'm sorry. You, you got me distracted by saying penis size. Is, is there, like, legit nudity in this game that you can, like, see your character, your avatars naked? Or is it just, like, the I th- bulge I think, in their I think clothes? it's just a joke. There might be nudity, but you, you can romance other characters. All right. You could romance. You could romance a mind flayer. I mean, okay. So if you and all his and all the lovely tentacles. If you made your Baldur's Gate character penis size uh, and you want to let us know about it, send, call the GVM line and explain how it works. Zero one seven three zero two five four seven. Oh, okay. Um, so what it said they got like they were expecting a hundred thousand concurrent players and they got seven hundred thousand. So that's pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it's a really big game right now. I don't know. As a video, also a video game guy, um, anytime a game comes out nowadays, so it's like, is this game of the year? Because so many games come out, and you know, with AAA games, it's like, okay, is this one is because when they're really good, they're really good. It's like this one looks phenomenal. There's another game coming out later this year, Armored Core. That game looks that's like mech fighting. That game looks really cool. Anytime there's like a Dark Souls game, which Dark Souls games are like harder hack and slash games you know those games always do really well so this game looks like it could be a contender for game of the year so that's always awesome to see uh that for sure yeah all right and then uh let's see well now there is this it says fallout set leaks appear to show vault tech is this a fallout movie or a fallout show so i i'm pretty sure they're doing a fallout show yeah fall an upcoming fallout tv show on amazon prime which I need to get Amazon Prime against because isn't Invincible coming out now? Am I missing that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think Invincible is out yet, but it's coming out soon. But they dropped a, an Adam Eve like standalone, like a one shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta get into that. Which was which was good. I, I watched. I watched that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Fallout is a great you know series. You know, any kind of post apocalyptic anything is always fun. But post apocalyptic fifties future sci fi mm-hmm. cyberpunk stuff, it's just fun. You know, there's a there was a gang in a video game that was all a bunch of Elvis impersonators. <laughs> you nice. know, 
Now th- this is it, this is players that made their people like that, or that's that was in the this, game. It was it was in the game. Oh, okay. There was that's it the... was Fallout New Vegas. So there was okay. Caesar's Palace. Yep. Okay, makes sense. So there, there, there were the the Legion, which is all Caesar. So you see, Elvis impersonators, you know, stuff like that. So. Oh, so it's also kind of like the Warriors, where every gang has a has a fashion sense. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So these are all yeah. the Elvis gang. This is the Caesar gang. This is whatever. Yes. Okay. There's a female gang. They're all showgirls, right? Okay, I, I get it. There, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, Fallout's Fallout's a great series, um, and I'm excited to see what this does. I I'd like to explore because we've explored, um, you know, most major cities in LA. Not most. No, I say LA in in the country. Most um, major cities in LA. Yeah. Yes. Actually, we haven't been to LA yet. We've done Boston. We've done DC. We've done West Virginia, which was bad. Um, Vegas, which was really fun. That's actually it. Yeah. Now there's actually a whole lot we can still do. There's a whole lot we can still do. So I'd love to see where this one goes. Hope it's a new place. Um, you know, hope it's a either a major city or just anywhere. Really, I just want to see cool stuff because Fallout's a cool a cool thought experiment. All right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a it's a pretty popular uh, series in general. Which you said there was. So there's been like four. Is that what you said? There's like. Overall games, there's been five. Okay. Because sometimes they went back. Because, I mean, the, the there's also, like, a large history of, like, certain games were 200 years after, like, a nuclear apocalypse. Some were 300 years after a nuclear apocalypse. So, you know, the the outside has irradiated and changed so much in those 100-year gaps that certain things are different. So, it's an interesting concept. All right. Uh, let's see. So Microsoft and Sony signed a deal to keep Activision's Call of Duty on play- PlayStation. Yes, because that was a big concern when the um, ac- the Microsoft acquisition of Activision occurred. That hey, since you have Call of Duty, what's stopping you from making it an Xbox or a PC? You know, making it only uh, taking it away from PlayStation. Um, but you know, Microsoft is not a company who even does that. I, I said before, that's very much a, a Sony PlayStation thing to do is like, this is our game. This we play it or we'll give it to you five years after it comes out. Cause like God of War, the video game, the most recent, this no, not the most recent, the, the second, the last game before the most recent one, God of War game came out in 2018 on PS4 and then it come out to PC to like 2022 and it's never going to Xbox. Um, so Sony is way bigger on the console exclusive idea than Xbox has been, at least in recent years. Not that Xbox didn't have exclusives, but Sony is way more into that recently. Right. So, yeah. Well, and and then the the Federal Trade Commission is appealing that loss uh, in the in the Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Uh, I mean, they know. they can. I mean, I I've never seen an appeal work. Yeah, maybe I just don't know of any, but I've never seen big appeals work at at this scale because you're fighting billion dollar lawyers are fighting billion dollar lawyers. I mean, you can only go so far, right? Well, and an appeal only works if is if there was so some technical, yeah, issue, right? It's not you know you're not re arguing the facts of the case. You're just if if there was a technical error or you know inadequate counsel or you know jury misconduct, whatever. Okay. Um, oh, here's something that's interesting. You know, we were talking earlier about streaming services and, uh, and piracy. Uh, Uh, you can say the same thing about video games. Old video games disappear from the world. Yeah. And are just gone. 
And so if no one has copies of them, they just are lost to the ages. Yeah, because what you can do in theory, which some people do, is there's video game emulators. Mm -hmm. So the big thing I've seen where it's like, okay, there's an old Pokemon game. It came out on the Game Boy in like 1990, we'll say. No one has the Game Boy to play it by themselves. So what we'll do, oh, I'll play an emulator version of it. You know, so it's like, oh, sweet. I get to play Pokemon, Pokemon Silver or whatever the heck it's called. Um, if you have a, a legit Pokemon Silver, even a beat up one, it's like $100 for a tiny little gameplay cartridge. Mm-hmm. Some are even more. And the problem is having the equipment to play it. So then it's like, okay, now I got to get a Game Boy. Some Game Boys, it's either like a beat up shitty one is $20 or a nice one is like $300. Because they're retro now. Because Pokemon Silver came out 1999. You know, so that game's 24 years old. That game is out of college. <laughs> you know, that game is two years into a career, you know, maybe looking for a second job, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to play these games. And this is just Game Boy games. But let's not talk about, you know, the Sega Genesis games that it's borderline impossible to play them unless you're playing them on an emulator. Or you're playing them on someone's releasing some some jailbroken console where it's like the the everything a box. Yeah. Played a thousand Sega games and a hundred SNES games and this and that. Right. Well, this article said that uh, a guy named Kevin Lewin, co-director of the Video Game History Foundation, said 87% of classic video games released in the U.S. are critically endangered. And so then it gave an example of like the Game Boy. Like like that you mentioned there, and where was it in the article? Hold on. It said like out of all the games that were ever released for the Game Boy, right? There's only about mm-hmm. 25 games out of the almost 1,900 games that were released that you could still purchase today. So oh, uh, so again, they're just lost to to the ages, and so that's just it's just something to think about. But like I said, I saw something that somebody else was commenting on an article like this saying that things that get pirated are then saved, right? Because the legitimate copies of things go away. And the people that have, you know, like, I mean, look at the look at the, uh, the Star Wars Christmas special, right? Yeah. If it weren't for piracy, that would not exist for the common person. Nobody could see that if somebody didn't have a copy that they made off of, uh, you know, that they recorded on a VHS tape and eventually uploaded to YouTube, right? But yeah. but if not for that person's personal copy that I would assume violates copyright privileges, nobody mm-hmm. would, be, would be able to have that. And so the same thing goes for some of these classic video games. It's funny, there's a, a, a an article about Doctor Who. Uh, there's, there's lost episodes, just like our lost episodes of the uh, geek stuff, of the Big Kev's Geek Stuff episodes like 101 to 150 if you have a copy of them let us know because we can't find them right now um it's the same thing with doctor who there's a bunch of missing doctor who episodes that they just don't have and uh like the doctor who historian says they're out there people have copies of them but they won't share them because oh i've got the only copy of episode three or whatever right so like on the one hand you would say well if you're such a fan of the show that you've got a pirated copy, why wouldn't you share it so other fans of the show could have it? But I think that they're like, they're just hoarding copies of Doctor Who to themselves. Yeah. 
So no, I mean, yeah, retro gaming is always a super interesting theory to me. Of like, you know, certain retro games are like five dollars, and certain other retro games, are, like I said, two hundred dollars. And then it all comes down to just like, did this one hit? You know, if you're a kid and you had you got a Pokemon game when you were a kid, because hey, I like Pokemon. I'm age appropriate. I got it when I was eight. Cool. Now you have it and you're 28, 20 years later, and some guy might walk up to you and say, hey, that Game Boy console that's been collecting dust on your shelf for 20 years, I'll buy it off you for a hundred dollars. You know? Like I have I, I have a Pokemon cartridge that's 20 years old, and I can in theory sell for a hundred dollars. Um most people I think my age might have one or two or even a couple of them. Because you just might have had that and you liked playing it. Do you want to sell it and get a couple hundred bucks, maybe? Because yeah. people will buy them for that much money. Hey, yeah. speak, speaking of Pokemon, we found out who bought that $2 million uh, one ring card, right? Yeah, Post Malone bought it from the lucky guy who opened it in Canada. Um, I You know, of, of the magic celebrity game people, people who are celebrities who play play magic i knew post malone would be the one to get it because he is the one who gets the absolute most ridiculous magic he, he has spent millions even before this on magic cards I mean, he got the so whatever, I, whatever the last like major one he got that one too i think that was in the article yeah it was he got a uh, black lotus which is the like the premier one he bought like a nice one for eight hundred thousand dollars or something <laughs> like that it just blows me away so on two cards which will definitely, if he if he has no reason to ever sell them, um, it's three million dollars almost right there, and two pieces of cardboard, no I mean, bigger than like a debit card, because they're old and exclusive. You know, these two two pieces of cardboard, three I, billion dollars. It, it, that's it's, that's very annoying. I mean. I, I can it's make I can make a comment, man. but I can make the comment that you know there are money isn't real. We made it up. Yes, right. No, it, it's three million because we give it the value of three million. No, but, but my point is, it could is, be five dollars tomorrow. We, we say we we can't pay people a living wage. We can't feed people because there's because it would cost too much. But money isn't real, and mm. that's what I'm saying is there's enough money to waste three million dollars on two pieces of cardboard. Meanwhile, people are homeless and starving. All right, uh, that's not what people listen to the show about. All right, hey, so wasn't there also an article about some uh, football player that went to jail for uh, something? Uh, Yes, Blake Martinez, a former linebacker of my favorite personal sports team, the New York Giants, um, was scamming people online with fake Pokemon cards. Fake Pokemon cards, oh my God. He told The Athletic in July that he had made Upwards to $11.5 million in under a year selling Pokemon cards. And it's come out now that apparently a lot of those cards are fake. And really good fakes in theory, but still fakes. And so now, you know. I'm going to flood the market with shroot bucks and see what I can do. Yeah. That's, I mean... So again, professional football player, one would assume makes decent money. His career would... earnings in the NFL are about 20, we'll say $29 million. It's 28 and some change. 
So he made legitimately a third of his pay, a third of his entire net worth, NFL career wise. Let's not we're not counting endorsements because you can't really quantify that. Um, during eight years of the NFL, he made that in under a year of selling fake Pokemon cards. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just funny. I mean, that's weird. I mean, I, I it goes back to um, I remember my I was an economics teacher. It was a high school teacher. And he said, look, let me explain uh, the black market to you, right? Anytime there's a, you know, a supply and demand problem, uh, you, you know, you end up with a, a black market. And he said, but, you know, so he's talking about drugs specifically. And he said, let's talk about John DeLorean, right? Here's a guy who realized he could make more money dealing drugs, in, you know, importing drugs than making cars. And so, I mean, now he got caught. But, I mean, again, it, it had to do with the money. So here's this football player who found out he could make more money selling fake Pokemon cards than playing oh, so, play professional sports, right? That's that's my, crazy. My, my mistake. He was actually uh, swapping out. So it wasn't he was selling fakes. He would swap out high-level things for low... Like, basically, be like, if this pack's worth $100, um, and you sold and you bought that one, he'd send you, like, a $10 one. <laughs> so he was basically swapping shit around. On whatnot, which whatnot is for those who don't know what whatnot is, a fucking crazy place, and I hate whatnot, and I'm interested in whatnot. What, what is? Just, I've never heard of whatnot. And what is whatnot? Whatnot is essentially it's just a marketplace where people can stream and sell shit. So you'll stream selling items and be like, "Hey guys, I'm on whatnot selling this, these cards or these comic books or." These other collectibles, hmm. you know, jewelry, antiques, art, clothing, food, so it's, NFTs. It's like a, a combination of Twitch and eBay or something? Is that is that what it is? Kinda. Alright. Kinda, yeah. That's weird. I mean, I've never never heard of that. What's funny is, so, my last big year at, uh, at Comic-Con, Whatnot had a huge booth at Comic-Con. A huge booth. And they didn't ha- they didn't even have a booth like the year before that I even remember. And they went from nothing to a giant space in the middle of the floor, hmm. like right down the street from Marvel. Wow. I mean, yeah, I've, I've still I've never never heard of it. I want that's yeah. that's interesting. Huh. All right. Well, let's do let's do some other product. I have I have product this week. Product. Product. Doesn't fall in the D and D category, so no no theme music. Uh, but it's the Marvel multiverse role-playing game. <laughs> Do it. Sing, sing the song. Da, 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 da. It's tabletops. <laughs> so, I, I this is where uh, you know Kev's rubbed off on me too much, right? I, I I I want this, but I don't need this, right? Yes. I used to have the Marvel role-playing game from TSR back in the in the eighties, right? They had Marvel. It was like in a yellow box, and then there was the advanced. I think was in like a red. Or a black box, and I've got—I think I still have them over there, you know. In, in the, but, um, like I don't have the time to play role-playing games, but I want to have the—I like to have the rule book, you know, to to flip through to look at, you know. But even the new Five E stuff that I get, and I've got all of the the books, I don't look at them. I just get them and put them on the shelf, and then they just sit there. And I'm hopeful that one day I will have the time to play with, you know my children or some friends or something, but that hasn't happened yet. But anyway, so I saw that this was coming out and I pre-ordered it 
And, you know, again, but I don't know that I should. I don't know that it's going to be worth it. Um, again, about the si- same size as your typical uh, 5e book that we've been getting. Let's see. This is the multiverse, Marvel Multiverse Role-Playing Game Core Rulebook. About 320 pages. How much do you think? What do you think the MSRP? I'll give it 40 bucks. 60. So it's, it's you know, the new price. I think that's what the new 5e books are going for too, right? They, they went from from forty nine ninety nine to fifty nine ninety nine. Is that pretty much where they are priced at yeah. these days? Yeah. So that's 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 this. So if you did you ever see or play the Marvel one from the eighties? Have you ever seen it? I know it existed. So I think you, when we when this was initially coming out, we we heard about it. I think Kev or you might have mentioned it to me and said, "Oh, there was a one from the eighties and it was TSR." Um, yeah, I heard this was coming out. I was interested because I am so interested because I don't want to. I, I just I don't have GURPS, mm-hmm. so you know, getting GURPS books aren't paying the butt. And Mutants and Masterminds was a beast to understand for me. Um, I wanted you know a break from like knights and dragons RPG, and I wanted to figure out a superhero RPG. Um, so I was interested in this. I missed it, and then I never got into it. And I didn't. I heard mixed reviews on it i heard the um so it's not a d20 system it's a 616 system mm-hmm. so you use 3d6 as your normal i guess rolling dice so higher chance of you know more average rolls and less chance of poop and less chance of high so a lot more middling kind of just okay stuff in theory um so I hope it, it looks fun enough. I just I want another RPG besides D and D, just because you know you can only flavor D and D so many different ways before you kind of get, you know, yeah, I've kind of done this already. I kind of I wanted to try something new. It's just nothing stands out to me, and it's a shame. Like I I we tried Pathfinder. Pathfinder was fine, you know, it's fine. But like I want want different stuff. So I, I hope this doesn't suck. I don't want to get into it, maybe. Or, you know, there's a Power Ranger RPG I might think about trying. There's a thousand different RPGs I'm looking into. Yeah, so so when I'm looking, like, it's definitely completely unrelated to the the, the TSR version, right? Because the yes. TSR version had kind of the standard ability scores. With, with the TSR one, it was face rip, right? Fighting, agility, strength, uh, reason, intuition, and psyche, right? Those were your... Yeah. Those were your attributes. Uh, and in this one, it's ability scores, and they are uh, melee, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic. You notice that Marvel. spells out Marvel. Cool. Yes. Uh, so somebody worked really hard to do that. Um, but so, like, you know, so I'm looking at, like, Spider-Man here, and I see, you know, he's got an agility of 7. Uh, and a defense score of 19. But, like, I don't know what any of that means until I read the rule books, right? So, it's, yeah. But, like, I don't see strength. Y- you know, like, I'm, I want to compare that. But I think that what happens is under superpowers, that's where strength falls. And so, yeah. like, there'll be some, like, okay, so I have the power of strength, which then does something. I have the power of super agility, a spider dodge, like right here, that's a power. So I'm sure instead of, although he has probably a high agility, the spider dodge is actually a power that then modifies those abilities somehow. So, so again, I think that what what's cool about something like this is is you get 
not only do you get these rules to play the game, but then, of course, you're also going to get the attributes of the superheroes that you like, right? Yes. And and the backstories. And so, in to some degree, it's kind of like a uh, official guide to the Marvel Universe, right? Where it just kind of lists the characters and tells you about them. Well, mm-hmm. when they give you the characters to use, then you... You do that. So, like, if I look at... I'm going to look up Hulk, because he's your favorite. <laughs> All right. Let's find the Hulk in here. Come on. Hulky, Hulky. There he's he is. There. So, the Hulk is a rank of six. So, I think that that's a big thing, that they every they have a ranking. I was expecting to see Hulk being up there. And his uh, melee is nine. His resilience is nine. His agility is three. But again, I don't know what, what that ultimately means. But under powers, it's super strength. So all of his powers are like strength related. But so if you look at like the human tortures on the next page, his rank is four. So I don't know. I, I got to figure that that rank has something to do with the, the strength of your, of your person. So you get all these characters that you can, you know, you can play the characters that you like or you can put them all in a, um, in the scenario. So that's what I liked about the Marvel one game before was it almost like it just gave you their stats to play so it would be like i mean i guess you know if you bought lord of the rings role-playing game and then here's the stats for all the characters from lord of the rings okay cool so we can either play as them or just have them interact with your scenario right yeah so so you've got the core rule book and then i think the the next things that are coming out is like there's an x-men one there's a Kang one, and then there's a Spider-Verse one. So mm-hmm. so there'll be a whole book that's all Spider-Man characters. And I, th- I would assume that it's a... I don't know if it's going to be like a a campaign setting, you know, where you can... Pl- is, that's, is that... So it's like, a, like a module. A module, yeah. So I don't know if they're modules that have, that have the X-Men and then you play the module as the X-Men, or if it's just, here's the stats for the X-Men. I don't know what it's going to be, so I'm interested to see that as it comes out. Yeah interesting so but again okay so completist that's four books coming out 60 bucks a pop i you know i mean and then they're just gonna sit on my shelves like i don't know if i should get them or not so i'm kind of struggling i've already pre-ordered the one with them so i mean they're coming i can always return them but they're they're coming so i don't know all right so before we wrap up what uh is there is there anything hold on let me do this. Oh, where is it? Where is it? No, oh, wrong one. Angry. Feeling bad. Fucking garbage. Why? Why? And now another Big Kev Hasbro rant. Bullshit. Bullshit, I say. TNG. The part of Big Kev will now be played by the sandwich. All right, Hasbro rant. Go. So, I, can't, I was trying to like do a Kev accent. There wasn't really a Kev <laughs> accent. There's just Kevin. Um, so Star Wars Vintage Collection, the Ghost, uh, the latest Haslab. You know, we got four weeks left on the funding of this wonderful piece of plastic with no lights and sound. Um, past the initial goal of eight thousand. I'm so sure we've dropped 
followers, though. We're only right now at 10,054. Now, as Kevin has pointed out astutely before, you know, it doesn't really matter when you back it um, because you can pull out at any point. Alangu, thank you very much. Um, so if you really want to wait and see if they get closer to, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong because I don't think they got, they did not get to the Ezra threshold, which at 11,000. So maybe I thought they were, they got past the threshold and did, but they're, they're at 10,051. So maybe they're more stagnating than I thought they were. Um, you know, Kev said it, I'll say it. It is a beautiful piece of plastic with a lot of stuff. Um, what the hell are you going to do with it? I don't know. Because maybe I'm a I'm opposing to Kev, but this giant thing, yes, it's a wonderful display. There's a lot of space that I feel like you will waste. Like there is something about giant toys with lots of places to go and lots of different movable parts. It's like, how are you going to properly display all of this? How much of this is not going to be just under a hood? Essentially, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if you only get, you know, you can get the other figures, and sure, if you want to display it that way, fine. But, you know, I don't know. I hate to say I don't know the point, because the point is just it's a giant figure and it looks beautiful. Um, I would never get this. I wouldn't get many of these Hablabs, if any of these Haslabs, even if it was really cool Power Ranger stuff. Um, But, I mean, it looks great, so that's something. I don't know. No. I, I Maybe I'm not, the, I'm not the best Kev, because... Rationally, if I had a million dollars, I wouldn't get any of this, even if I was really into it, because it's just fucking huge. It is 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 the ghost going to show up in Ahsoka? I mean, it would, right? It didn't. I, I, it, it would. Didn't destroy, it like, should, did it get destroyed like. in, in it? Rebels? I mean, I it, guess that that's dependent a little bit, but I mean, it, if there's somewhere for it to be, it's here. Yeah, it's during this. But that makes so that makes me think. If it shows up in Ahsoka, well, I guess how much longer does this have to fund? Four weeks. Four more weeks. So, yeah, I feel like they should have waited until, like, it shows up on Ahsoka, and then you launch this HasLab, right? Because then people that, you know what I mean? Then you're going to get a little bit more audience yeah, for bl- it. Blow right? it up in Ahsoka, and then you, um... I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe they they learned from uh, uh, the Razor Crest that... Oh, if it's gonna blow up, we we better get this thing sold before well, it blows I will, up. I will say, um, in theory, <laughs> Ahsoka comes out in two weeks. Yeah. So the, the maybe they lined it up where in four weeks from now, and maybe I'll call this now. In four weeks from now, we'll see the ghost in Ahsoka. Yeah, and so right before it, right before it finishes up, maybe. Yeah. I mean, so that that would it, it just it feels like a missed opportunity if it's in Ahsoka and they don't tie that to their yeah. Haslab somehow. So so. Look for episode two or three of Ahsoka to have the ghost. Right. Because, you know, it'll just line up. It'll just make sense. Or maybe episode four if they wait a, if they wait a week. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to cover this week? Um, Briefly, I actually want to cover one thing. Okay. Um, Hit it. So, so there was news that they were doing a... There, there was rumbling that they were doing a Red Dead Redemption, the first game. A Red Dead Redemption remake... Or remaster, and it was as big because people were really into Red Dead still. You know, t- take with the fact that they've shit on the multiplayer side for Red Dead Online, 
Uh, people are really excited for the game, and they were really excited for the prospect of redoing and remastering the first game. What they've instead decided to do is release a $50 port to the PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch. So what the hell is a port, you're telling? Sandwich, what's that? They're literally just making it playable on the PS4 and the Nintendo Switch at a $50 price tag for a game that came out, I think it was 2010, a 13-year-old game. $50 for a 13-year-old game. So... Didn't we just have a story also that that, I, that they were thinking about doing a Red Dead movie and that's like yes. on the chopping block too? They're not going to so, do that? So Rockstar, and it's not even really Rockstar, it's Take-Two. So those don't know, Take-Two is the company that ha- that owns Rockstar. Take-Two is excellent at dumb decisions. <laughs> okay. This being one of them that, oh, it's commercially accurate to release a $50 port of a 13-year-old game. No, it's not. Especially not to a PS4, which people are do have PS5s nowadays, and a Nintendo Switch, which I don't know a single person who would want to play this on a Switch. And maybe that's me being closed-minded. But the Switch is not meant for this. I mean, yeah, that that sounds like a, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I shouldn't comment on. It feels I'm, like I'm it feels like the wrong audience. The people who are buying the Switch are not the same people who are buying Red Dead for the Switch. Right. They'll buy it for anything else. <laughs> yeah. So, I just want to bring up the fact that the thing we wanted, which was a remaster remake of Red Dead is dead uh, apparently for now until it comes back. Um, but instead, we can get a port to our our Switch. We can play uh, a, a 13-year-old game on a Nintendo Switch. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Geek Stuff is actually just a port of uh, uh, <laughs> of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. A 13-year-old remake of a show. That's right. That <laughs> same, The same stories just come back around. We just remaster them, play them again. Yep. Uh, if you want to find those, just uh, support us on Patreon, and you can see everything except episodes 150 to uh, 155. Um, I'm sorry, 100 that's, to that's, 150. That's DLC. If you pay, if, it is if DLC. You anyone, but if, if you give us enough money, you get the DLC. That's right. Um, again, you can also follow the show on all the social medias. Right? It's Geek Stuff TNG on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, X, whatever. Um, you can uh, be on the show. You can hear yourself on a future episode if you call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Potentially. Not all voicemails are guaranteed to make it. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good voicemail. You can't just call. You got to call ahead with some content. Say something that matters. Uh, what else? Uh, if you want to find uh, the talent of the show, Big Kev, who was unavoidably detained tonight, you can find him at BK Geek Stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find him as Big Kev GS on Xbook, Xbox playing Fortnite by himself because Sandwich never does. He has friends. Mm-hmm. And then what about you? What's your what's your socials? You can find me on Instagram and not threads at Fat Dumbledore F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E I mean, if you have your Instagram already, you can just get threads. You just click it. It's like you don't have to do anything. Yeah, but it then just... I gotta have Twitter. No, 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 no. Twitter it's is Twitter. Threads it is leads, Instagram. It's the gateway drug to Twitter. <laughs> right um you can find me i am west coast scott uh i am pi day scott on twitter and instagram uh p-i-d-a-y-s-c-o-t-t and uh threads as well i have a threads uh you can find my link tree uh, link tree pi day scott 
What else? Uh, what should we call this episode? Um, uh, I don't know. There's so many things we talked about, but what were we really passionate about? What do we really get into? Post Malone's $3 million pieces of cardboard? Yeah. No. There you go, yeah. Um, we talked a lot about the DC stuff. I don't know. We want to just do West Coast Scott Witch. <laughs> West Coast Scott Witch 3? Is that what this is? This is 3, um, I think, at this point, if we're going to type. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do, uh, okay. And so we will end this show, episode 731, West Coast Scotch Witch, another West Coast Scotch Witch, the way we end some episodes by saying Good night, Jamie Reed. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.
right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.